Hi, welcome to Connecting the Dots, the podcast where we share our stories from the battlefield of consulting. I'm your host, Johnny Hill. I am Oscar Hernandez. I am Sarah Slate. Hi, I'm Andy Nichols. Hey, I'm Kareem Jamal. Today, we're talking all about what it looks like to take a cool demo or proof of concept and turn it into a full-fledged release. Let's get started. So just to lay the groundwork, uh, let's talk for just a minute about what we mean by like a demo or what a, what a proof of concept really is and what it's meant to accomplish. Sure. So a POC, as Johnny said, is a proof of concept, right? And it's exactly that. It's, it's meant to prove out some concept or idea you have without sort of eating the whole apple or elephant or, you know, choose your analogy, but it's, you know, it's, it's like a bite from it to see if there is any value in going down this route, or if maybe there's a better route available, or if there's any sort of market or interest that lies ahead of your idea. And so without having to put in, you know, a very long timeline, you know, in years or whatnot, and similarly, a front uh, a large budget. This is meant to pick a few key things from your idea that uh, you think are the most valuable, and also can be done in sort of a certain time frame that you're targeting, in the order of maybe weeks or you know a few months at most. Um, and similarly, you know, a budget that you can sort of squeeze through without having to put up a whole lot of it before you really dive further into it. And so you may wanna prove out a different take on the market, or maybe it's just an improvement on something that you uh, have seen the business do, uh, or maybe it's a new novel concept altogether, right? And sometimes you need to prove it internally, not even just externally, but internally to your stakeholders so that they can then become believers as well for them to support you and then you take it externally. Uh, but, you know, th- we, we started talking about this, I think, in our first episode, in fact, back back in the days. Uh, and so, you know, this is sort of uh, now taking that uh, a step further. Yeah, I think one key element of it, and you kind of touched on this already, Kareem, is a proof of concept is much more focused. Like you may be only trying to prove out a piece of something or... And whether you call it a proof of concept or a demo or, you know, a first pass or whatever you terminology you use, often it's much more limited in scope and it's intended to see if one specific element or a few small specific elements of the larger project are feasible or make sense. You may work in elements like trying to sense out if the market is uh, responsive to this kind of idea, if it's you know going to shake things up or not, if people like it, you might work in some user testing with it to see if there is a market for it. Uh, you're testing out different technologies. Maybe it's you know something that's completely behind the scenes but will improve efficiency. Uh, and you're just trying to see like does this solution, does this change make sense? So it's not intended to be all encompassing. It is much more focused and shorter term in nature uh, by design. Yeah, I think it also, uh, in the POCs that, that I've seen us do, it also serves to drive out kind of like the scale of the larger effort. So as as we're focusing on maybe the main work stream, all of what we call the edge cases, you know, those things that you don't think about every day, 
you know, those complicated things that come up and uh, maybe take the workflow in a different direction. Uh, all of those tend to come to light as you're working through a POC. You don't necessarily try and address them in the POC, but you can capture that in terms of understanding the scale and the scope of what the production version might look like. So that's a little background on what we mean by a demo or, or POC. How do you know if a demo or proof of concept has been a success? When they tell you to take it to production. <laughs> when, the, when the client signs on for a bigger project and wants to make it real. Yeah, and if it's for something internal too, it, if you've proved what you wanted to prove with the resources that you expected, then you might want to go forward and implement that as a feature in your product. Do you think it's worth saying, like, even if the proof of concept fails, like it's better to fail there than it is to fail with the whole thing, a full approach or a full attempt. So like it can still be a success if it proves out like, oh, no, this isn't the right approach. Let's pivot. But yeah, ideally, the uh, the most successful POCs are the ones that lead to something better and something more more fully fleshed out. Right. I'd say it's deemed successful if it causes some course of action afterwards, right? So follow on work or let's continue with this or let's do another POC. Or as you said, even if it says this is not the route we want to go down, better to make that decision now than after many years uh, and, uh, you know, lots of investments. And so if we can prove something out and it fails, that's still, in my opinion, still successful because it helps plot a course of action for the better. Cool. Well, now that we have that kind of baseline foundation in place, I'm curious, what are some of the factors and considerations and the things that need to be top of mind when you start having those conversations like, hey, this went really well, we're really happy with this POC, let's start moving forward into actually doing this thing for real. Like, What questions do you need to ask? What considerations do you need to make in that process? Yeah, probably the biggest one I think is like how much of your POC was magic? Did you use a real data set? Things like that. Mm. Yeah, define magic. Yeah, so um, how many corners did you have to cut or even how much did you have to fake to achieve the goals of the POC? Yeah, I think there's an element of that too where it may be that the POC worked, but do we have access to the actual data you know, in the example that you used, mock data, in the actual real application, do we have access to that kind of data? Or is it something going to have to change in order for it to be doable? Or do we need to change the scope there? And hopefully that comes out through the, the POC work. But sometimes that's a factor I know that has been a challenge where, you know, this looks great as a demo, but once once you get the real data in, there's other hurdles to overcome. It's also good to know what is meant by full release, right? What's the scope, the requirements we're working with? Because in the POC, we were focusing on a few key things. And so everything else sort of fell by the wayside and we took shortcuts to optimize for those uh, specific use cases. Now that everything is in the mix, uh, what does that entail? And what is everything? I was just going to say, yeah, agreeing on a roadmap and a timeline came to mind and like specifically what is that first release going to include and trying to balance 
the needs of like what will deliver the most value versus what is feasible and reasonable to to get out and into a release roadmap that isn't six nine months away yeah i was going to follow that that line sarah i think the the phasing of the full implementation based off of the poc is critical what what's your what's your shortest path to a return on the investment whether that's uh, you know renewing a, an existing application that people are unhappy with the workflow if there's a a roadmap you can build or or structure that gives a return the the best return the quickest return in the shortest time frame that's often a a very good path to progress rather than try and build, you know, the whole ship <laughs> in one go. I think there's also a nuance between like sometimes when you're demoing something or doing a proof of concept, there's more of a temptation to lean into like what's really flashy and what looks cool. It may not actually deliver the most value, but it looks nice and it demos well. And keeping that in mind when you're transitioning into like a okay, a full release, like what's the highest priority thing? Is it the cool looking visualization? Maybe, uh, but it might actually be a data table that you can export to Excel because that's way more valuable to the end users. And being able to ask those questions and figure that out ahead of time uh, so you can appropriately prioritize is a, is a big aspect of it. And on top of a release plan, do you also need to have some consideration and planning and like how you might integrate with client side teams. Often we go from, you know, we're, we're kind of doing this within Expiro um, and our own little pre-sales team. And then, you know, when it becomes real, we're working with not just, you know, product folks on the client side, but some of their developers or potentially their designers, um, their project managers, and like how that kind of combined team is going to work and what everyone's kind of roles and responsibilities are and the boundaries <laughs> that so there's not a lot of, you know, not a stepping on toes. Yeah, there's always a lot of enthusiasm for the POC and demos because people are showing them all over. They're using it to get budget and convince people. But um, I've seen a few times where the POC is then taken as that's the requirement and the uh, client team kind of pulls back to their daily work and, and what they're expected to do for, you know, the large part of the week and the engagement kind of falls off a little bit. And I think keeping that momentum going and having the, uh, the subject matter experts and the people that were involved in the early stages fully engaged is, is critical to the success of moving it. It's definitely a different process, right? Uh, in the, the POC stage, you're working very, sometimes chaotic, very quickly, throwing things at the board and working through it. And then once you move into the, the full release cycle, things change, it becomes a little more formalized, right? Uh, and you're having more communication with the client, validation, other types of demos going on. So there's a little more, it's a different process that also comes into play uh, where you can't just be as chaotic anymore. I think it's also worth noting sometimes the team that works on the POC is different from the team that comes in for the full implementation. And that can sometimes be a good thing because they're, you know, they have different end goals sometimes where first team is trying to prove out something and see if it's a good idea. The second team is kind of picking up the baton and getting it across the finish line and worrying about a lot of other nuances and details. But 
that handoff can be messy, especially when it's not clearly understood why that handoff is happening. It can sometimes be like, oh, well, I liked working with this guy who was on the POC side and now he's not on the project. What happened? You know, so communicating that clearly, like, hey, here's why, here's who's changing out. Um, and here's like why that's the best call instead of just like changing people around without explaining why is a, is a big deal. Yeah. And to that point, uh, like having good documentation for your POC is, is pretty important and getting a sense of like the limitations of the POC so that whoever picks it up knows what to potentially work on next. And similar to how we've in the past talked about a proper sales to delivery transition, uh, you know, this is no different. A POC to full release transition needs to happen because again, team members are going to change, right? Possibly. And so there needs to be that uh, knowledge transfer to make sure nothing falls between the cracks or is uh, missed or forgotten. And then assumptions are made to fill in for that, which can bite you later on. So not thinking that things, oh, just a strict continuation, but there's a little pause that's needed to make sure the new team, if there's a new team or any new players are all caught up and expectations are set properly. Yeah, I think picking up with the shortest path to engaging the end user community as well is critical because um, there's always that, you know, the the POC and the demos, as you said earlier, Kareem can be very flashy, um, show, you know, real what we call usability. But when you actually hit the end users, there's that question of, of adoption can this make my job easier? Or, you know, I've spent five years working with this old system. I can make this thing hum. You know, I'm, I'm the quickest person on the floor to be able to create a transaction and sell something through the old system. This one seems to slow me down. So there's all those considerations that start to come in, the reality of the workflow for the end user. Yeah, I feel like we've already kind of started dipping our toe into this, but let's just let's just dive right in. What are some of just the things to watch out for, areas you can get in trouble, things that you might overlook when you're taking a demo and saying, all right, let's do it for real? Underestimation. If things are working from both ends, right? Uh, from uh, as the builder, as well as the client, if things are working, then it shouldn't take too much to make this you know, work all the time fully, right? Mm -hmm. uh, except that means work all the time fully in a very large environments and scaling and being fault tolerant and you have a thousands of or even millions of users hitting it at the same time uh you know very different from your poc days uh and so has to be resilient uh error prone depending on your industry you know has to have proper security and testing and you know all sorts of compliance issues possibly uh so the whole host of things that uh come into play once you take the turn to or towards the full release. I think that transition, someone mentioned it earlier about you possibly deal with a different group for the POC and demo in terms of initiating the project and getting it funded and started. And really the core stakeholders, that transition to the core stakeholders, you have to reestablish the credibility of the project and the development improve the benefits over again to get the uh, the group to buy in. I think that's always a, an extremely delicate transition, especially if 
some of the core stakeholders haven't been particularly aware of what's going on in the organization with the POC and demo and feel like it's being delivered as a a decision point without their input. Yeah, be prepared for changing priorities. <laughs> and and the difficult conversations, right? Because uh, people that were all, uh, yeah, high five when the, the POC worked well, now you're going to present them with uh, a pretty large timeline based on true estimates when you account for everything. And there will be some pushback on if it's taking too long, cut this or do it faster, right? And then you have to have the hard conversations of this is, you know, what it's shaping up to be, but let's talk about things we can shave off. And, you know, as we said, you know, put some stuff in a later phase maybe uh, or things like that. So there has to be some hard conversations before you really get into it. Otherwise, there will be mismatched expectations uh, and conflicts later on. Yeah, that can definitely happen too if like things don't go right in the POC during that phase. If things get dragged out, expectations can change really quickly and stakeholders can get uh, impatient about the deliveries. Karim, I have to follow on your thought there. I have a really good story of misalignment. We'd done a POC and a demo and we got approval for the project and Everything was going great. We've got the budget. We'd set up the teams. We had our what we call our kickoff meeting, right, which is the transition from, you know, the the sales, if you like, arena into what we call the delivery. And I gave a presentation looking at the statement of work, listing out all the things that we were going to do. And uh, the client introduced the original recipient or client who generated the request for the project. And the gentleman listened to us for about 30 minutes. And then at the end, he said, uh, this is great. I really like this, but it's absolutely nothing like I asked for. And then, <laughs> yep. There's this amazing moment of silence, which we finally worked around. But it was a, it was one of those classic moments where misaligned expectations, if you're not including everybody and, and communicating properly within the organization as you go along. Yeah, imagine him coming in uh, at the end of the full release project and saying, yeah, yeah. You know, right? Well, halfway, like, halfway through it when there's no turning back. You know? mm. uh, we were lucky to catch it then. <laughs> I've seen something similar too, where the dev team kind of goes rogue and doesn't communicate with the stakeholders and the goals change over time. And then when we meet with the stakeholders later on, they have no idea what they're seeing. It's also important to sort of introspect how the POC was built and using what tool. You know, a lot of time it is built quickly. The magic that Oscar mentioned, you know, a lot of it's on stilt. In fact, most POCs, the, the back end and uh, the infrastructure is likely on stilts or, you know, treading very lightly unless the POC is specifically for a DevOps project, uh, then it's a different story. But otherwise, you know, a lot of that stuff is not fully built out ready for a production release. So you really have to, you know, indeed go and build it. Uh, there's not much there to work off of as well. You know, there might be code quality that needs to go back and you have to write tests for something or, you know, there were hacks put in place, the, the shortcuts mentioned. And even licenses, right? Sometimes you think about licenses because you might use a library or framework where the dev license that you used in POC is free. But if you're actually going to production with it, there's ramifications there. 
you know, the business has to be ready to pay for that and things like that that may not have been considered previously. Yeah, no, something I've heard before is like, it seems so simple in the demo. What's so hard about it now? And, and depending on who is asking that question in their background, it may take some explanation like, oh, well, here's here's everything we did in order to make the, the demo possible in the amount of time we had to prove out the idea. But yeah, going into detail about here's everything that limits, you know, kind of like what you were saying, Cream. there's stuff that you might not even think about like licensing, or it may be like, yeah, this isn't intended for like, this isn't secure enough for an actual release. There's all sorts of security implementing we need to do to, to get this to be safe to use. All And so I think that's one element that I've often heard before is like, it seemed so simple and elegant and like nearly finished when we had the demo. And it's almost like a sticker shock, like, oh, wait, you're telling me it's going to take how much effort? Why? I, it seemed so perfect before. So that, that can be a kind of delicate conversation to talk through and um, making sure that the person you're explaining to doesn't feel like you were being dishonest before. So, you know, you're, you're laying the groundwork when you're doing the POC and saying, this is not a like production ready thing. This is a demo, uh, can go a long way toward avoiding that kind of response that you may see later. Yeah. You can, you can run into that a lot with data availability, like in a demo and a POC, we kind of take poetic license as to the data we can use and the availability of the data but in the real systems you know the time series may not gel you may have components of the data arriving you know two weeks too late um, so the whole the whole expectation of a just-in-time moment in the poc may not be achievable with with real data flows and availability especially if there's multiple system integration on the back end to actually pull together lots of data. Yeah, going off what Andy said, kind of related to that, when you give a demo, more specifically a demo as opposed to like a proof of concept, um, it's usually flashy. It's got tons of data in it and everything works well. And then when you deliver the actual product to the user, they're going to get blank dashboards because they don't have their data. Usually a lot of times they don't have the data to fill it yet or you know, they're in the process of sourcing the data or putting the data together. And so there's oftentimes a big focus on the data set and potentially in, like introducing an ETL process just to get everything needed to make the demo work as a full release, as a production system. So we've talked a lot about the kind of challenges of going from a POC or a demo into a full release or areas where you might get stuck or run into trouble. So it might be kind of easy to ask like, well, what's the point? Is it even worth it? So let's let's talk a little bit about that. Like what are the benefits of starting with a demo or with a proof of concept that make that transition into the full release maybe go a little bit more smoothly? Reducing risk all around investment money to technical risk and not having the right product fit for the market. I mean, it's a really good way to kind of de-risk before moving into full release mode. Yeah, I can definitely show stakeholders what it takes to achieve the concept and think twice or even three times about whether they want to continue to go forward with it. Yeah, validating the idea, right? Is this the route we want to even proceed or not? It's like, you know, seeing the trailer before seeing the movie. Or maybe that's not a great example because sometimes the trailer is better than the movie. Uh, you know, they capture that one good part and then the movie is blah. 
but for the most part, it, it sort of gives you an idea of, you know, the genre of movie or stuff, right? Like, am I going to be interested in this, right? Is it, it, does it appeal to me? So it helps you with that preview, that trailer. And then you can use that to shop around as, uh, you know, a, a financial tool, in fact, uh, or some other type of tool, right? Where you take, they can use that at various stakeholders uh, and get people excited about the idea before building it all throughout. Yeah. And excited about the team too. Like, is this team the team that I can trust to go to the full release with um, based on the results of the POC? If they impress, then then that definitely improves your chances of continuing to work with that prospect or partner in the future. Yeah, that that validation of the, the concept with the uh, end users is critical. I was just... Um, Thinking, Sarah, we you and I shared a, a project once where we were we did many many iterations of the workflow and the proof of concept and the demos, and we kept asking to to gain access to the the end user. There was one end user that was critical, but the client would never release that person from his daily chores because he was too critical to the organization. And we went round and round and round and round for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And we ended up with this fantastic proof of concept. And then finally, finally, they brought the end user in and we went all the way back about six stages and started over again. It was, it was really, it was such a, a, you know, an obvious thing that was going to happen, but we had no way of avoiding it because we just couldn't get the buy-in to release the people. So that validation cycle with with real users or end users is so critical. There's a unique benefit to just like seeing something that it, it feels real enough. It starts like getting the gears turning and then you start coming up with other ideas and other approaches. So it can be really beneficial to, you know, maybe the the customer who's interested and it gets them excited, like Oscar was saying, like, oh, this this could really be a thing. And then it starts turning the gears and like, oh, what if we what if we also did this or what if we had to change that? And it, just something tangible in front of you can really help to like just unlock that creativity. And also it unlocks this ability to be like collaborative, to bounce ideas off of each other, because you're all looking at the same thing instead of you all have your slightly different pictures in your head that you're kind of trying to align on, but until you actually see it, it's hard to know as clearly where am I diverging from the person across from me. So, so that's one benefit I've seen, just like getting everyone to have like, this is the the one thing we're all focusing on. Are we in alignment on this and where can we take it from here? Yeah. Thinking about a past project where, what we designed and built in the POC in terms of like the feature set actually ended up being completely different than what we decided to do for the release. Because after that, like, you know, validation and, you know, shopping it around with some users and getting some feedback, they were really excited about the platform, but it uncovered that there were actually some other features that were more important to them and would deliver more immediate value. So those things we created during the POC are still on the roadmap, but they got shoved much further back um, and reprioritized things. But it was it was good to have that check and do that shopping around and get that feedback. I mean, that, that's right on. I mean, half the time when we do these demos, part of it is showing the progress uh, we've made and what we've built. And the, the other part is really the 
iron out those requirements, right? Because until they see it, uh, while it's on paper as words, uh, you know, it's like, okay, that makes sense. But when they really see it, that's when the real feedback comes out. It's like, no, 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 this is not what we wanted. And, uh, you know, then you actually get the real requirements, right? It's like a, a picture is worth a, a thousand words, right? And I guess a demo or app is worth a thousand pictures, maybe? I don't know. Is that a thing? You heard <laughs> it here first, folks. Um, I like it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, un until they really sort of have a feel of working and playing and using and clicking around, they really can't fully grasp uh, what the requirements are saying. And so that's one of the key things. You don't want to go too far in building a product before they can touch and feel the, the application so that the actual needs come out. Yeah. And uh, I feel like at the organizational level, POC can be beneficial um, since we're talking about benefits here um and and demos as well like if you have a demo that showcases some unique features uh, you can use that to show other prospects um if you've been successful at pocs not only does your team know like have knowledge of uh, whatever it is that you that you're approving um, but you can also tell people that you've you've proved those concepts as well and so while they might not be sought after by particular clients, maybe maybe one client wasn't impressed by a, a particular POC, somebody else might be, and those those findings can go further. Well, as we wrap up, uh, I thought it'd be fun to go around and just have everyone share one, one piece of wisdom, one takeaway, one thought to keep in mind uh, when you're approaching the topic of taking a demo and turning it into something real. I would say just don't fall in love with the demo and with every every detail of like how the demo is put together because it is going to change and that's okay. Um, it can be a great starting point, but it needs to be treated like a starting point and treated like if, if this is just a demo, making it real means we're gonna have to change some things and that's okay. That's good, that's normal, that's part of the process. But if you're so married to the initial vision and the, and the demo, it's gonna be really hard when anything changes to be okay with that. So that flexibility is really important. Yeah, don't be too tied to any decisions that were made, whether it's UX, UI related, or even tech related, right? Just because it was built a certain way doesn't mean we're tied to it. That was just a decision that was made under those circumstances. Now those circumstances are different. And so revisit everything. And I would say revisit and validate all the decisions that were made before you decide to put the official stakes on the ground and move forward on that foundation. And if it means you have to throw most of it away, hey, sometimes that happens because now you know more information. You've gathered some new insight and feedback that will change uh, vastly the decisions that were made before. And so don't be afraid to, uh, you know, let it go and, you know, redo some of it. I think mine, which I've said a couple of times during this conversation is, you know, although the POC is often used for business case investment or for a sales demo, always try and find or get input from the end user as soon as you can, as early as possible in the process to avoid any of those mistakes in terms of adoptability for, for the end product within the client. I was going to say uh, requirements uh, can be pretty loose. And so um, it's important to stay on track when you're building a POC and focus on what's most important. Yeah, and I would add, this is probably true for, for development as well as design, but 
being prepared to actually have to think through and solve all the things that you were like, we don't need to worry about that for the POC. <laughs> um, a lot of edge cases and just, you know, does the design hold up with the real data structure? Um, a lot of stuff that you'll be like, oh man, yes, we totally hand wave that last month, but now we need to solve it for real. And then, you know, just preparing the client and setting the expectations of like what that looks like to move from a POC or demo to real release mode. Cause often there's, there's some growing pains or challenges and just, just managing expectations when moving into that mode. Thanks for connecting with us today. If you have a complex software problem that needs solving, thoughts on what we discussed today, or ideas on what topics we should tackle next, feel free to reach out to us at podcast at experoinc.com or on Twitter at experoinc. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for joining us and we look forward to connecting with you next time.